This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. All right, welcome back. It's another edition of the Disability Law Show. So good to have you with us. Of course, Savan Tamarkin is here, co-founding partner, Sanfiru Tamarkin LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm in the country, and uh, taking care of the West Coast and beyond. Martin Willems also on the show again this week on I'm John Scholes, your host, and we're going to get into a lot of emails and questions over the course of the hour. If it's questions uh, you've always wondered about disability law, dealing with a disability law insurer, appeals being cut off, there's a, a whole gamut of things that people have their hands up in the air going, I don't know how to navigate this. This is the show for you. This is why you listen each week, and there's an opportunity anytime beyond this hour for you to reach out to Savan or Martin or a member of their respective teams, one 855 215900 will be that number. Email address we go to shortly is help at disabilityrights.ca. And there's another website built for you. Really easy to navigate, super easy to understand. All memos, memorandums on LTD is about three pages long. It's called LTD faq.ca that is super handy because it will answer a lot of your questions even before you pick up a phone it's absolutely anonymous and free as well again ltdfaq.ca but savan before we get into the show and the uh, the main meat of it uh, very happy though good week this week we got a special guest on with us that you've brought along with you give me some details pal we do, John. Uh, great to be with you, with Martin, with our listeners. Uh, we have a, a very special uh, guest, somebody that I was introduced to last week, uh, who's having issue with an insurance company. Surprise, surprise. Uh, but I can tell you this lady has a core of steel. Uh, and in fact, her, her name is Florence Steele. Uh, and uh, we're dealing with not a disability policy here that was denied. We're dealing with a life insurance policy for her husband, Harold who had passed away this past April. Um, now, uh, Florence and uh, her husband, uh, Harold, they were both in their 70s when they took this policy. Florence is in her 70s. And when, when Harold passed away this April, Florence did what is logical, which is to claim under the policy. Now, I want to introduce Florence. Florence, uh, please uh, maybe give us some background about yourself, your husband. Why did you take out that policy for how much was it? And essentially tell us what happened with it and let's have a discussion so that the listeners can understand what happened to you and what they should watch out for with life insurance policies. Okay. Um, what ended up happening is that uh, for years I worked with uh, a large charter bus company and uh, we had life insurance policies as part of the benefit. When um, we retired back in 2018, um, we had to, of course, get our own policies. And at that age, being in our 70s, uh, we looked into various um, types of policies. We quickly realized that term life was not um, doable because uh, the older you are, the more you pay. And with term life, of course, once the term is up, then your 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 premiums just go through the roof. So I opted to go for whole life policy, which I don't think I've heard of for years and years, but I thought, okay, we will be able to get as much coverage, but it we will at least be assured that we have a certain amount that if and when the time comes that something happens to either one of us, the other one will be left with at least a little bit of money to help with, you know, the last expenses and, and whatever. 
Um, so we found this life insurance company. Um, again, uh, it's one of the ones you see popping up all the time. Oh, you don't need, you know, to get any medical done. You don't need any blood work done. Just a few simple questions and you'll be approved. And so basically that's what ended up happening. And they did send us the forms and, you know, with multi-questions that you answer, yes or no, um, which we did. And we answered the questions to the best of our knowledge as to what we knew our health to be at that point in time. Um, we sent it all in. We were given a life insurance policy. It was for a very small amount. It was only $12,000 because basically when it came down to it on whole life, it was what we could afford. Um, but it was going to at least be a bit of a help. Um, there was no mention of um, any kind of questioning to it. You're, you're led to believe that you're covered, you've got some kind of security. So you go through your days and you have that peace of mind until something happens and that peace of mind is taken from you because when you fill these forms out, and what a lot of people have to understand is that you can tick these boxes all you want, and you're answering honestly to as much as you know. But people, when it comes down to medical questions, please do not go based on what you know yourself, even if it means you have to go to your doctor and have him respond to these medical questions so that when it goes to these insurance companies at that point in time, they then have the option of saying, yes, we will insure you or no, we won't based on the information we've been given. Unfortunately, you get your policy in and there are so many pages and there's so much mumbo jumbo that a lot of it that you don't understand. Um, and you don't necessarily take the time to read the whole thing because you think, okay, well, they've given us this policy, so we're, we're okay, we're set, finally, we can breathe easy. That's not how it works, folks. What ends up happening is that when you put your claim in, all of a sudden, these yes and no answers that they accepted at the start becomes an issue for a major investigation, you are put under the microscope. You're basically accused of fraudulently answering these questions. And then ultimately, they deny your claim because out of the maybe 30 or 40 some questions you answered, they're going to focus on two. Now, in my husband's case, as I say, we answer to the best of our knowledge. My husband, when he passed away, he passed away of three different issues that had nothing to do with either of these two questions, but that was what they used to deny our claim, was that, well, you didn't answer truthfully. Well, yes, I did. But you know what? Here it goes, folks. I can guarantee you, if it was a million-dollar policy, 
they wouldn't be fighting it because they would be fighting people who already have the money and who can stand up for themselves and have the lawyers. For us, we couldn't afford any more than a $12,000 policy. And by God, how many other people have been put in the same spot I have? Luckily for me, I have a daughter who told them point blank, you know what, we're not taking it. And we remembered a gentleman from Global who goes out and he fights for the little guy. And his name is Sean O'Shea. And he is an awesome man. And through Sean O'Shea, I found Savannah. And this, this gentleman here, he is amazing. He's never made me feel that I'm less because my policy was small or that I don't count. These two men have made me feel like I have value and that my husband had value. So people, you know what? I'm fighting it. I am fighting it. And I'm hoping that things will change. But if they don't, please, Use my case as an example. Do not accept this BS that they hand you that, oh, yeah, go and go for it. You don't need to do this and you don't need to do that and we will insure you. When that happens, you make sure that you read that policy inside and out. And if you haven't, especially if you haven't had your doctor fill out the medical portion of it for you, Okay, so they know up front what's what, okay? But when you get that policy in, you read it cover to cover, word for word, and if you don't understand it, you find somebody else who will. Don't get caught in the trap, guys, because it is a trap. It is a trap. And I, I don't know what else to tell you, but please play it smart and don't find yourself in the same position I did because... I do blame myself to a certain degree because I took people at face value the way I've always tried to have people accept me. But guess what? You know, in reality, life doesn't really necessarily work that way. So I'm fighting with, thank God, the help of my daughter and Sean and Savannah. And I don't know what else to tell you, except I would rather have my husband sitting here with me and not have to worry about this than have to go through this. So I don't want anybody else to go through this ever again. And I'm sure there are probably a lot of people that have had to. And that I can't say any more. Flo, I, I have to tell you that uh, I, I was getting emotional when you were talking, especially when you're talking about value, your value, your husband's value. Uh, you know, I, I will tell you this. One of the questions that Sean had asked me this morning when I spoke with him was, do you see this often in life insurance claims? And I'll have Martin chime in as well because, again, he, he does a lot of work, most of his work in British Columbia. Um, and we do a lot of work in, in Alberta as well. And, you know, we do see these kinds of denials and we see them for all kinds of reasons. And it's not because they're necessarily picking on someone. It's because their model is really quite simple. 
let's get these policies out, let's collect as many as much premiums as we can, and let's deny for every reason that we can, doesn't matter what, because the reality is most people will simply not stand up for themselves. And, and more to the point, most people will think that it is simply impossible to stand up to insurance companies. And that's something that Martin and I and the rest of our team know because we deal with this each and every day. It's always amazing to me when we speak with people and we explain, no, you actually have a lot more power. Your power is the law. These insurance companies are not above the law. And so it's absolutely crucial that people like you come forward and stand up for yourself and seek advice because that's how these insurance companies are forced to pay what they owe. Guys, amazing stuff. Florence, you hang on there. Thank you so much for uh, for the last few minutes. Indeed, we'll take a short break. we got lots more to cover here. We'll get back into this conversation. In the meantime, Florence, you know, she nailed it. You want to reach out to Savannah and his team. You have to get some clarity, get the knowledge behind you and their uh, their team strength. one 821 5900 the phone number to do that. Email is help at disabilityrights.ca. And we'll continue. More Disability Law Show is coming right up. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. All right, thanks for hanging with us. Disability Law Show continues. John Scholes here along with Savannah Tamark and Martin Willems as well. And our special guest who's uh, with us today and so eloquent and just nailing it and hammering it home is exactly why we've done this show for so many years and why you need to reach out to Savannah and his team, Florence. Steele is, is decided to stick around with us. Savannah, she's given us a bit more of her time, so uh, take it away, Pa. I know you got a ton of questions to ask as well. Uh, we absolutely do. Uh, I mean, we're dealing, for anybody that just joined us, with, with uh, a very nice and powerful, strong lady here, very articulate. Uh, her husband passed away this past April. They had an insurance policy uh, with, with uh, an insurance company that uh, everyone has seen ads here and there for them. It was a life insurance policy for $12,000, and when she made a claim about a week and a half after he passed away, they had denied that claim on the basis of a misstatement or misinformation being provided at the beginning. Uh, And when I say beginning, I mean uh, almost two and a half years before he had passed away. Uh, One of the questions I had for you, uh, Flo, and again, I'm sure Martin's going to want to step in as well, uh, but let me just get this one out. How much were your premiums? This was a $12,000 policy. You'd been paying it for almost two and a half years. What were the monthly premiums, and did you ever miss a payment? No. As far as the payments go, it was automatic withdrawal from the bank. Uh, We That was a... You know, the the biggest part of the game right there was that we did not want to take any chances of missing a payment. So they automatically got their, their debit payment every month. When they went to take it out, it was there. Um, as far as um, the... Uh, the amount. The amount, yes. Um, the premiums um, for my husband... Um, were $105 a month and change. And I was notified um, after the claim went through that $5, the $5 and change were processing fees every month um, for myself for that same $12,000 because I was two years younger and managed to get in just under the wire. I've been paying $67 and change a month for the $12,000. 
So, so for your husband's policy was $105 a month and plus $5 processing fee no, every month. The, oh, okay. It was $105 in change was what they withdrew from the bank. And I was okay. informed that the $5 in change was a processing fee. I understand. Okay. Well, I mean, Martin and I discussed it before. Martin, I think you have some thoughts on that yourself. Yes, I, I do. Well, the first thing that I want to say is Flo, it's, it's an absolute pleasure meeting you. It's unfortunate in these circumstances. I literally had goosebumps as I was listening to you speak. Um, please accept my condolences on the passing of your husband. And it's so unfortunate that in these sad circumstances, you must be dealing with something so stressful in addition to dealing with the passing of your husband. Um, we, when we speak about these cases, and we speak about peace of mind contracts. This is exactly what this is. It is a peace of mind contract. So that when something so unfortunate happens, it's a very stressful circumstance that you have the peace of mind that the insurance company is going to do what they should do. And that is to assist you by paying the benefit that you have been paying premiums on. And that's what's not, that's not what's happening here. And another thing that I wanted to say is every show that we have you listen to lawyers speak and to john speak and we try to provide as much information as we can but listening to somebody who's living the denial and experiencing it, the stress that goes with it is extremely powerful so for that alone i really want to thank you for coming on the show and it is a great thing that your daughter assisted you to speak to sean and to find savan um, who will definitely help you, I know. So thank you for that. And as it comes to the the premium, it sounds like a very high premium for a small benefit amount. I suppose it may be that they rated your husband based on those medical questions. So clearly, your husband did provide proper information. And it sounds like they are nitpicking little things in the answers that were given to deny the claim. And I know we can get into you know, the legalities of it as to when a person has been insured for two years, um, if they've been insured for less than two years, what that means, and if they've been insured for more than two years, what that means. We've spoken about this on the show before, but ultimately just if it has been for two years and longer, then they really have to prove fraud, and clearly that's not what happened here. So because people forget, right? And it, the best advice, Flo, that you could have given, and you did give it, was have your doctor look at those forms because not every people forget. People don't always know. You may have a notation in your clinical entry that you don't even know about that the doctor made. You may not even be aware of it. And you innocently answer those questions and you may be ticking that box where it says no. And then the insurance company later on says, well, you should have said yes when you didn't even know that the proper answer was yes. So it is a very, very unfortunate circumstance. The best thing that you could have done is you reached out and you didn't let it sit and you're not going to let them get away with it. So again, thank you for that. Thank you so much, gentlemen, for all your time. I appreciate the fact that you are willing to go out there on, on a limb for, you know what? When I say little guy, that's not being derogatory. It's for the guy that the everyday guy that, really doesn't know any better and they need to have their eyes opened. No, no, absolutely. I, I, I agree with you, Martin, everything you said. And, you know, what's interesting is, and again, the question from Sean as well, and I think other people have asked me this before, 
when we're dealing with claims that, you know, let's call them not small but modest, and let's say that we're not dealing with a million-dollar life policy. We're dealing with, with a much smaller value. Why would they take this position? Well, one of the reasons they would take this position is because they understand that if you, Flo, or your daughter go, went and engaged a lawyer privately, you know, they're going to quote you some insane hourly rates, and it would make no sense for you to fight the insurance company. Now, these insurers make that calculation. I remember, you know, when COVID hit, we talked about this before on the show. Um, remember, people were canceling flights. They were canceling cruises, everything. The whole world stopped. And and there was a gentleman that had contacted me. He and his family were supposed to go on a trip that, of course, was stopped because of COVID. And the insured amount under his visa was for $5,000 reimbursement, 5000 I mean, it makes no sense to go to any, and of course he was denied, uh, but it makes no sense for him to engage a lawyer or a paralegal, no one else. I mean, you know, for $5,000, you're going to pay a lot more. And I remember saying to him, you know, it's not about the money, it's about the principal. And we ended up, I ended up taking it on, and I ended up communicating with the director of claims at that insurance company and telling her, look, I'm looking at the policy. Because remember, we have to look at this in the context of a contract. These are contracts. Right. Flo, you, your husband, you entered into a contract. The insurance company must comply with the contract, just like you must comply. And you did comply because yeah. you paid the premiums. And so in that case that I'm mentioning here, I looked at the policy and I said to the director of claims, I said, you can't deny on that basis because the contract doesn't allow you. And she said, no, I don't care. We are going to. It says what it says. Well, guess what? That turned into a class action worth millions of dollars. And, and the reason is because so many other people were denied for the exact stupid reason that they denied this individual for 5000 So my point is that it's not about the amount. It's about the principle. And sometimes these insurance companies, they gamble, right? This is a gamble. In this situation that, I'm de- that I was dealing with back then, they gambled that no one would start a class action. They were wrong. They gambled wrong. In your situation, you contacted Sean. You, you, there's going to be a story on this. We're talking about this. I'm going to help you with this. But the mere fact that you went on TV, the fact that you're on the show right now, how many people you've helped now? How many people are, are in, potentially in this position or going to be in that position? They're going to learn from this experience. It's invaluable. And that's the only way change happens. I think that the thing that probably bothers me the most is that the everyday Joe puts their trust in these organizations, in these people to do right by them. And they don't realize that before they even sign their name on the dotted line, they've already lost. And that's sad. That's uh, that's well put. And not to mention, by the way, that you know, a hundred dollars is a hundred dollars. It's this is this is hard-earned money. This is after-tax money. This is pension money. This is a lot of money, you know. And and you pay that for years. I mean, I've dealt with with uh, denied claims. I'm sure Martin has too, where people have paid for decades, decades. By the way, Flo, just as an aside, did they even refund your premiums? No, they have. They haven't given me anything. And the the amazing part of it is, is that my husband died on April third. And they took the premium out for the month of April. Wow. wow. Unbelievable. Well, Unbelievable. You know, Flo, the best thing that you could have done, as I say, is reach out. And that is the message that we want to get out as well. Do not simply accept that the insurance company is right when they deny your claim. 
we did try reaching out to them and we actually spoke with the gentleman involved who was supposedly involved in the quote-unquote investigation which took them three months to deny the claim that I had put in. Um, and we did a number of times talk to this gentleman over the phone, and all we got was double talk. And even when we spoke to him at the end and realized that the way he was acting, we pretty well knew they were going to deny the claim. The letter that he sent out to me showing the denial, okay, came before his was dated the 15th of July. The original letter by the quote-unquote bigwig there who was sending it out was dated June the 6th. I never received that letter until the second letter was sent out, Till after the second letter was sent out. And that was only because another phone call was made to them. And, and like we said, like, we need to something you you have to let us know what's happening and you know so they were even even knowing they denied it they refused to pony up or even have the courtesy to admit what they were doing just crazy yeah, you know, John, it, it, this is crazy, but this is this is not a movie. I mean, I, I remember. Yeah. I don't know if you, if you if you if you guys remember the movie Rainmaker with Danny DeVito and Matt Damon, yep. with the insurance denial. I mean, very famous movie, uh, and this literally reminds me of that. I mean, how how not just insensitive, just just unfathomable that they would be acting like this. So in any event, I had written a letter. I am waiting to hear back from the insurance company. Uh, it was, I think, uh, an appropriate letter to send them. And uh, we'll see. Flo, if they don't respond or if they respond negatively, then, you know, we will take this on. We will take them on. And, and I think I, the message has to be sent. I appreciate that because without you, Savannah, and without Sean and these two gentlemen that you're working with today, we wouldn't have a fighting chance at all. So I appreciate everything that you're doing for myself and my family because, as I said, my parting quote is, you know, when it comes right down to it, the money is important, but it's more important that people know the truth. Mm. Yeah. Guys, let's take a short break again. Flo, thank you so much for your time on the show today. I mean, if that doesn't uh, that doesn't bring it home, then you should at least reach out and do exactly what Flo did and put it in the hands of somebody who can really help you. That David and Goliath situation doesn't have to be like that. It starts with a phone call, guys, one 821 5900 help at Short break, and we'll continue lots more on the way right here on the Disability Law Show. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. And we welcome you back, Disability Law Show. And thank you so much for sticking around to reach out to Martin Willems, uh, handling the West Coast and Savannah to Market right here as well. Co-founding partner, Sam Firu to Market LLP. It is 1-855-821-5900. Help at Disability rights.ca i'll give you a couple websites you should be aware about as well another place for you to ask questions anonymously and of course absolutely free of charge mydisabilityquestions.com and much to be learned on a website built on memos about ltd really quick and simple to read there's a few pages of them that is ltd 
FAQ.ca. You'll do that even before the phone call and learn so much more. Uh, again, guys, got to uh, got to congratulate you, Savannah, getting uh, Florence Steele on the air here, talking about what what should be a simple, tiny payout of of what amounts to a used car of twelve thousand dollars, but just getting raked over the coals by this insurance company and bringing it to light uh, with Sean O'Shea on Global and on the uh, on the show today. So well done, man. She was she was just amazing, and it just highlights exactly the fight you have every day, right? Yeah, I mean, we, we see these cases all the time. I mean, she's just such a such a great person and articulate, and you can sense the, the, the how strong she is. But even for someone that's strong, they feel powerless when it comes to an insurance company denying their claim. And, and that's something we see across the board. Young, old, rich, poor, doesn't matter. People feel powerless. And that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to explain to you that you're not as powerless as you think. In fact, it's the exact opposite. It's a mirage. These insurance companies want you to think that you have no power. You have a lot more power than you think because you have the law on your side. And the way to know if you have the law on your side is by speaking with us, right? And it doesn't cost anything. So why not get the advice? But one of the things that we mentioned there really briefly, and I want Martin to get into it, is let's get into the legalities here just so that we explain to people why it is that we feel so strongly about Flo's case. So just to set the scene here uh, before he gets into the minutiae, uh, Flo and her husband got these life insurance policies back in December of 2019. Flo's husband, Harold, died April 3rd, uh, April 3rd, 2022. It's about two years, four months, and a few days. Mm-hmm. Okay, So it's over two years after the policy right. was in effect. Premiums have been paid uh, without missing uh, one. Uh, and, and the insurance company has come back now, denied the claim on the basis that there were some errors in the application when Flo and her husband filled it out. Let's not even get into those errors, uh, assuming that there are errors, by the way. I don't think that there are errors, but let's assume that there are. Martin, explain to us sort of from your standpoint whether or not the insurance company has any leg to stand on. I appreciate that opportunity. You know what? It, it, Flo and her husband's situation is exactly the perfect example to speak about these things. What a remarkable lady. Uh, So here it is. We see these types of cases a lot. And I'm sure that there are so many people out there who don't do anything about it. And I wish that they would at least contact us. So what this means is if uh, if you apply for life insurance, be it by yourself or be it through a broker or an agent, what happens is you would apply by completing a medical questionnaire, which is what happened here. Sometimes the insurance company may also send a paramedical to your house to take a urine test and to do further testing. Then those tests and the questions that you responded to on a document get sent to the insurance company's underwriting department. They look at those questions and then they make a decision whether they're going to approve your coverage that you've applied for or whether they're going to approve it, but also rate it by maybe also charging you a higher premium that they normally would have done, or where they may be excluding a, a certain medical condition from coverage. But really, just let's speak about it for the moment. They approve it based on what you've written in those, or based on the answers that you gave in that medical report. Now your coverage is in place once you start paying the premiums and the policy has been delivered to you. From that moment forward, If your coverage has been in place for two years or longer, so over two years, if your claim is then denied by the insurance company, the only way that they can do that is that they have to prove, if they're going to say, well, we didn't have proper information, it was a 
misrepresentation that was done based on the medical evidence that you provided, you must have done that fraudulently. In other words, it's a very, very big bar. It's a strong test. It's a high bar that the insurance company has to meet. And they're the ones who will have to prove it because they're relying on that. So they're going to have to prove that whoever completed that, meaning the person who has now passed away, is the person who committed fraud by providing information that they knew was incorrect. Now think about that. There's a questionnaire with lots and lots of questions on it. It may be. In the past five years, have you had any indication of cholesterol? You may have had a finding that there was a bit of an elevated cholesterol, and you may have had some better diet, and it may have gone away. Now you complete this form, and you may have forgotten about it. And then the insurance company says, had we known about that, we would have not given you the coverage. So beyond the two years, even if the information that the person who completed that form, in other words, the deceased, was incorrect, that doesn't mean that the insurance company should not be paying because it's beyond the two years. They literally have to prove fraud or another word for it is willfully blind, that the person really was just negligent in the way that they completed. So again, it's good advice to have the doctor look at it when you complete those forms and to assist you with the completion of them. When it is within the first two years of having passed away, so you've got the coverage, the person passes away within two years, then the insurance company has to prove that had they known the proper information, they would not have insured the person. They would not have underwritten the coverage. In other words, the misrepresentation was material to their decision in either approving the coverage or if they had known the proper information, they may have rated it. In other words, they may have charged a premium or they may have made an exclusion. Even in those cases, it is worthwhile having a call with us so we can review what exactly it is. Because it may be so, something so small that we would disagree with the insurance company that they would not have given coverage in those circumstances. But I, it, something that I want to get home here as well is when we speak to people, and I've done this many times in the past over the years, they come to me, the claim has been denied, the coverage has been in place for more than two years, sometimes 10 years, sometimes 15 years, the person who sits across you from the desk is not the person who completed the medical information, right? It, because the person who completed that application is the person who's now unfortunately died. So it's the spouse or a child who sits there. They don't have an understanding. They just uh, see this word fraud, and it's a scary word, right? It, it's, wow, my person committed fraud, so they're worried about it. Um, they feel intimidated, and they think that there's nothing that they can do. Please reach out to us. Let us look at the medical information. Consider again, 15 years, it's a long time. We're going to have to look at those clinical records from back then. And so did the insurance company. There is, for the most part, something to be done. But at least get the information so that you know. Because having an informed, being informed can make you, help you make a decision. That is so important to everybody out there. Don't be intimidated. Don't be scared to speak to the lawyer. We offer free consultations. We can look at the policy, look at the denial letter, look at the clinical records, and we will tell you what we think. If there's an uh, if there's an avenue to pursue it, we will do so. And if not, then we at least can tell you so that you don't need to worry if you made the right decision by not doing anything. 
Savannah, I want you to comment on that, but we got to take a, a short break, so we'll use the last segment of the show to dig a little deeper into this uh, this point. In the meantime, reaching out to the guys, no problem, one 821 the number, mydisabilityquestions.com, free and anonymous website for you to ask questions with a searchable database for a previously asked questions, kind of cool, and a normal email anytime to help at disabilityrights.ca. We continue more Disability Law Show coming right up. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. This is the Disability Law Show. Good to have you around for the last few minutes of the show. You want to reach out afterwards to have a, uh, a lengthier private conversation with either Martin or Savannah. Remember their team? That's always Available to you, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred, and email works just as well. Help at disabilityrights.ca. Still trying to get over, uh, you know, Savannah, what uh, what our good friend Florence Steele had in the first two segments of the show today. Really, uh, really incredible, compelling stuff. And I know this isn't the first time that uh, potentially an insurance company will be and should be slapped for uh, really terrible behavior. I know you've got a story uh, about that as well, right? Yeah, it is terrible behavior. You're, you're right. And, it, you know, it goes to the point that Martin made um, about the fact that people need to be informed. Mm. And people have this misconception that insurance companies are omnipotent and they can simply do whatever they want and they can bully you and, and they can, you know, not pay even though the contract of insurance that you paid for or, you know, if it's a disability policy through group insurance, through work, that someone else, even if it's your employer who paid for, these insurance companies are not above the law, period. But it's something we see. We see it with life insurance. We see it with travel insurance. And we see it, of course, with disability, long-term disability insurance. Let me tell you about an interesting case. This one comes out of Ontario. So even though we have offices in Ontario, British Columbia, and Alberta, and we do work really across the country, with the exception of Quebec, uh, we, we, we monitor cases that come out of the courts because very few of these cases actually go to court. Unlike what you see on TV, especially American TV, these cases do not end up in court. Why? Because insurance companies simply don't have the appetite and, frankly, the stamina. They don't want to pay their lawyers to fight these cases, especially when they get hammered when they go to court. Well, guess what? Uh, There's a long list of cases that came out of the courts across the country over the past few decades where insurance companies were slapped silly, okay, with punitive damages and aggravated damages and general damages. And the reason I'm throwing all these terms out is because not only did these courts say to the insurance companies, you're wrong, you must pay what you had to pay under the policy, but when we're talking about aggravated damages and punitive damages, Those are above and beyond that. Punitive damages are punishment. It's when a court says, you insurance company has have acted so reprehensibly, in such a high-handed manner, in such a bad way, that we think that this warrants, you know, not just a slap on the wrist, but, you know, a knock to the head or something, just to make you think again before doing this. Well, guess what? A few um, uh, weeks ago, I think it was about a month ago, a month and a half ago, Uh, There's a case out of Ontario here, and I'm going to read you. This is in the Financial Post. It's called the Baker case, B-A-K-E-R. And and here's what I'm reading literally the the, uh, title from the article. Jury makes largest known Canadian punitive damages award on record against long-term disability insurer. And this is an interesting case. The punitive damages award uh, was won by Sarah Baker against the insurance company Blue Cross Life Insurance Company of Canada. 
the basic facts is that she, this lady was 47 years old. She suffered a brain bleed slash stroke in 2013, after which she was unable to go back to her job as a director at a hospital. Well, the insurance company denied the claim, denied, denied, denied. You know, we were talking on the break here about this movie, The Rainmaker, back mm-hmm, years yes. ago with Matt Damon and Danny DeVito. Uh, just very, very strong uh, uh, movie. Again, same kind of thing where the insurance company just acted so reprehensibly when it was so clear cut that they ought to have paid. But they simply assumed that the person would walk away from their rights. Well, in this case, this, this insurance company denied the claim for six years. Well, this lady took them all the way to court because they simply refused to acknowledge that they had to pay her long-term disability, which is exactly the kind of cases we take on. You know, John, what this insurance company was hit with? What This was a jury case. You know what the jury came back? And by the way, I know people are going to say, well, it doesn't sound like much, but well, in the U.S., you get billions of dollars. Here in Canada, punitive damages, $40,000, $100,000. Right. It's still significant. Do you know how yep. much this award was? $1.5 million Zoinks. in punitive damages, $40,000 in aggravated damages, and the insurance. The jury said, you insurance company must pay her back for all of the benefits you ought to have paid her since wow. the time you first denied and going forward. So this is, you know, this obviously shook up the industry a bit. I can tell you Blue Cross is, there's no way that, not only are they not happy, I'm sure there are heads rolling there, but it brings the point home. This lady stood her ground. She got legal advice. Mm-hmm. She was told, you have a right here under the law. This insurance company cannot get away with it. By the way, I know Blue Cross really well. Years ago, again, you can Google my name, you'll Google the million-dollar baby case. Do you remember that, John? Remember this yeah, lady who you've, yeah, you've went to Hawaii, it. right? Went to Hawaii. She That's was right. pregnant, six-month pregnant. She gave birth. It was an emergency birth. She had travel insurance. Uh, this was a big. It was all over the news. I remember doing interviews all across the country for this because I took her case pro bono just to help her with that. So she had a bill of over, over almost a million bucks in Hawaii because of this birth, which was very complicated. There were complications, etc. And Blue Cross back then comes back and says, well, it was a pre-existing condition and therefore <laughs> her pregnancy, her pregnancy, and therefore we're not going to pay you. It was insane what was happening, what, what the, how they dealt with her in such bad faith. So my point is, again, obviously they haven't learned the lesson, but it's not just Blue Cross. Many other insurance companies act in this fashion. We have to hold them to account. We can't do it ourselves, Martin and I and our team. We need people to stand up for their rights to contact us. And then we can tell you what your rights are. If you have no case, we'll tell you you have no case. But if you have a case, we will tell you exactly what you can do and how to fight back. And and this is this is the message here. Do not simply walk away from money that's owed uh, by insurance company to you. Guys, another a phenomenal hour for sure. Some uh, some really cool stuff there. And if this hasn't uh, piqued your interest or at least motivates you to at least get some more information if you're dealing with something similar or you know someone who is, uh, don't hesitate to reach out. The phone call will cost you nothing just to have a chat. That's one 821 5900 Email address we normally use. We'll get to them next week for sure. Help at disabilityrights.ca. And for short notations, memos, uh, memorandums about LTD, you can learn so much from just a couple minutes on this website. It's free it's anonymous called ltdfaq.ca and we'll catch you next time this is the disability law show the proceeding was a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser the opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of cknw